Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome to the Steve Jones Show. It is Thursday here on the Steve Jones Show. Chad Hershberger sitting in on the producer's chair, sitting on the producer's chair. Uh, Matt Catrillo off today. Glad to be with Steve and with all of you. We will hear from Steve shortly from the Sunbury Motors studio and catch you up to date on all of the news in sports today. A little bit windy out there today. I had a Zoom meeting earlier today and we were I was sitting on my back deck at home, which is my favorite place to do Zoom meetings, and boy, it was windy out there. So if you're uh, out and about today listening to the Steve Jones Show, my advice to you, hang on to your hat. Uh, we will see what all uh, we have uh, in uh, updates from campus with Steve and Penn State. Interesting uh, feature there on Inside Penn State Athletics with Steve and uh, uh, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, and, of course, uh, this was the first week back for Inside Penn State Athletics that you can hear right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. No Penn State football games this fall, but uh, they're still getting ready. Hopefully they can have that season starting later in the wintertime and have some football played then. We'll have to see how that goes. If you didn't hear the, the news today, and we'll have more on this coming up with the Late Day News Roundup, at 5 o'clock, Bloomsburg University, because of their uh, surge in COVID cases, they're actually now going to really? pivot to online learning starting on Monday. They've had about 60 cases on campus. So. Really? Yeah. So Penn well, State's numbers have been better with their COVID cases. Yeah. So far, yeah. I mean, I haven't really – I didn't look at today. Yesterday, Center County had two cases. Uh, let's see how many today. Let's see. Yeah, today in the yeah. Valley, we had a couple in Northumberland County, but uh, Snyder Union and Montour had none. So, uh, Four today in Center County. Well, again, it's about the same as it's been every day. Two, three, four, something like that. I know I'm talking to my class. I had a couple of people miss the opening class, so I emailed them, uh, sent them a copy of the syllabus. And asked if they were comfortable going to class or not. They were all like, "Oh yeah, we are." Two of them overslept. <laughs> uh, so, if, okay, that happens. So, and, and one, and and one by the third one, by the way, that that wasn't in class. Her apartment. That's been an issue here. They've been building apartments here mm-hmm. in Center County. Her apartment wasn't done yet. Yeah. Uh, so there's no place to live. Uh, that, so that was an issue. All right. Uh, the NBA is going to play. Uh, they're not going to play today. They might play tomorrow. 
maybe the um, uh, the NHL is not going to play tonight. The let's see, two Major League Baseball games: the Phillies Nationals, A's Rangers postponed. So on Eagle One Hundred Seven, there'll be no Phillies game. Uh, but they'll all get back to playing because the NBA has made the decision to go back and play. So let me get into that for a moment. I completely understand the anger and how upset. Now, when it comes to this, I think everyone wants instant answers. On anything we do, we want instant answers. Well, with an investigation, you don't get instant answers. You just don't. And that becomes frustrating. I think I'd like to know, I've seen the video, I want to know more details. Um, why someone had to be shot seven times, I think that's, that is something where you sit back and go, really? Uh, so the players yesterday in the NBA end up boycotting the three games. The Milwaukee Bucks led the way. The Milwaukee Bucks surprised everybody by not playing, including the other NBA players. They did not expect that to happen. Oh, I mean, Orlando's out warming up. I mean, so they expected to play. And then George Hill talked to some of the players, and they de- they decided to not play. Everybody else then followed suit. WNBA then followed suit. Three Major League Baseball games followed suit. Five of the six MLS followed suit. The one that didn't was the one that was already underway. And that's where... And they were caught off guard. And that was part of the argument last night in the meeting. And Jalen Brown of the Celtics, who during the initial wave of protests went down to Atlanta after the George Floyd death. And he went from Boston to Atlanta, was a part of the protest down there, and received universal praise for being there and his role and then went back to Boston. He's the one that brought up in the meeting last night, okay, now what do we do? What are we trying to achieve here? So let's get to and then then at the end, I guess the Clippers and the Lakers said, no, that's it, we're not playing, and they scheduled another meeting for today, and in today's meeting they said, okay, we're going to play. So let me get into why why I think they should play. And it has nothing to do with... Look, I know the money part, the future of the league, TV, now you're financially way behind it, all that stuff, yeah, okay, I've got that. And the Players Association, Michelle Roberts understands that. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. One of the aspects that you have in playing is you have you have a platform. 
There is only one player in the NBA that crosses all cultural lines and you say his first name and virtually everybody knows who it is. They may not be an NBA fan, may not watch a game, but they know who he is. That's LeBron James. He's the only one that crosses every cultural line. Okay? So no matter what, whether he plays or he doesn't play, he's going to have a platform. And whether you like him or not, people will listen to him or read it, Twitter. And it's going to be there. And not only that, if he puts a tweet out, networks will carry it. If he talks to the media, they'll listen to it. Contrary to what most of the players in the NBA think about themselves, none of them have that kind of platform. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard's a great player, but I never really see him speak out on much. That's his prerogative. Giannis is a great player. But again, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a great player, but Giannis is going to say something. Most people, yeah, okay. Most of the people, most of the players in the league, nobody's heard of. They aren't household names. The NBA's tried hard to make them household names, but for the most part, if they're not playing, talking about if they're not playing their platform is dramatically reduced. Dramatically reduced. Oh, in their, their segments in their own city, people know who they are and so forth. Yeah, it's not reduced there. But in terms of like broader appeal, it's not happening. I mean, how many of you know who Trey Burke plays for? Trey Burke was a heck of a player at Michigan. Who does he play for? Anybody out there know? Only place for the Dallas Mavericks, right? But most of you probably don't remember Trey Burke, don't know Trey Burke, don't even know where he plays, didn't even know he played basketball. That's a problem in terms of your platform. But the Mavericks would still be scheduled to play the Clippers. And by playing the Clippers, they're going to interview Trey Burke. Trey Burke can then, in those interviews, express how he feels about this entire situation. Post-game, Trey Burke can express how he feels about this situation. He's been given the platform to do it in press conferences. And the reason that platform exists is because they'd be playing. And that would be my one argument to the players about playing. If you don't play, you may think that your platform is so great. Don't get caught up in your own ego here. Your platform is not as great as you think it is. The vast majority of the country doesn't know who you are. That everybody knows who LeBron is. Everybody knows who LeBron is. But how many people, I mean, I'll give you a name of a terrific player. How many people know who Victor Oladipo is? A really good player, but, you know... 
You start asking the casual, you know, like, I don't know, who does he play for? Right? The Colts? Oh, the Pacers. Oh, okay. Now you put him in this spot, and in this spot, now you have a platform, you have a, you have a forum, you have an ability to express yourself, and people are going to, I don't care whether it's ESPN, Fox Sports, CBSSports.com, CNN, Fox, whomever it may be, there's a better chance of getting the word out as to what you're doing. TNT? Better chance of getting the word out there because you're still playing as opposed to not playing. And while still getting into your community and doing good work, you're not quite the household name that maybe you think you are. That is, uh, that's the issue. That's why I think the decision to play, I think you end up losing the platform by not playing. Not because people are mad at you or upset or don't like what you're talking about. No, none of that stuff. You need to have the ear of the press and the form to express yourself when if you're not playing parts of that access goes away and you fade to the background. That's why I would tell them to play. And if you notice in all this, I did not get into any of the politics of this. I did not get into any of the emotion of it. I didn't get into Ratings. I didn't get into popularity and none of that stuff. If they were to ask me, should we play or not play, those are the reasons I'd tell them to play. I think if you want to get your message out there, your message is far more effective because of access to the media by playing. Which is what they have decided to do. Now they didn't. They, you know, now they did not sit there and say that's the reason why. But if they were to say it's a reason, why, it's an absolute legitimate reason why. Eight Nebraska football players have filed a lawsuit against the Big Ten. They want to force the conference to reverse their decision. 13-page lawsuit obtained by the Omaha World-Herald. Represented in the complaint, linebackers Garrett Snodgrass, Garrett Nelson, and Jackson Hanna. Offensive lineman Ethan Piper, along with Brant Banks. Safety Noah Pola Gates. Wide receiver Alante Brown. And long snapper Brig Banks. Suit raises three counts against the conference. Wrongful interference with business expectations, breach of contract, and declaration uh, declaratory judgment by either not actually voting on the decision or being unable to produce evidence of a vote. 
So the eight Nebraska players have filed suit against the conference. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Warp and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. Deals to be had. Car sales across the country are up. There's a reason. There are great deals out there. And Sunbury Motors has them. All right, let's bring in Dennis Chambers now, CBS Sports NBA reporter. Dennis, welcome back. Great to have you with us on the show today. Steve, thanks for having me on. How you doing today? I'm doing well. All right, let's start with the NBA players' decision in two parts. Number one, yesterday, the boycott, um, boycott, wildcat strike, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Lakers Clippers then saying no last night, but everybody's saying yes to eventually getting back and playing. What's been your thoughts watching all of this play out? Well, first I'd like to say that I think regardless of you know the way that the Bucks kind of handled the initial boycott, wildcat strike, whatever it is you want to attribute to it, uh, they didn't necessarily do it in accordance with the rest of the league. They didn't really tell the other players right. or teams that that was their plan going in. Uh, now, yep. from all accounts and all reports, that wasn't an issue necessarily at the end of the day. I think all of the players understood why they decided to make that change and, uh, you know, take that stand. As we know, the uh, the shooting in question took place, you know, in Milwaukee. That's obviously uh, a, you know, a place that the, the Bucks are closely tied to, uh, you know, in Wisconsin, obviously. I mean, and, uh, you know, regardless of the way that they went about it, uh, I, I give the, the players credit for obviously using their, their platform, their voice, to try their best to enact this social change that they're all directly affected by and obviously feel strongly about. So, right. you know, from the initial point of it, I, I think everybody should understand that whether you think they should have played yesterday or not, these players uh, are given a platform and, and a type of, you know, celebrity within our society and when a situation like this arises that deeply affects them on a personal level, there's only so many ways that they feel like they can impact that scenario or that situation to make change. And yesterday, by not playing those postseason games, I think was their way of, you know, kind of putting their foot down and saying, like, listen, sometimes things are bigger than sports. And for that, you know, I give them immense credit. Uh, shifting a little bit, you know, gears to the, the players' meeting that took place later last night. We obviously saw all the reports uh, that most teams had voted to continue the season. It wasn't necessarily like a final vote. There was no finality right. to the Lakers or the Clippers standing up and LeBron James kind of saying, like, we should postpone the season or boycott the season, what have you. It was more of a polling. And, you know, Kyle Korver, there was a report, uh, said that he stood up in the meeting last night and kind of admitted that the Bucks didn't necessarily know what they were going to do after their initial action, but they knew that they felt it was important to do something. So, yeah. you know, again, by them doing so and then being able to reconvene with the rest of the players inside the bubble, I think they ultimately came to this conclusion this morning that, you know, everybody had a night to sleep on it and see where they can go and kind of put, you know, rules and necessary changes that they think their owners and their league can make to help this social reform uh, but ultimately, it makes sense for them to continue the bubble 
they all came here. They made sacrifices to get here. And to kind of finish what they're started is more of the sentiment today than it right. was last night. And I know, for example, the families are going to be allowed to join the players that are remaining in the bubble. They're allowed to join them on Monday. My point about all this, Dennis, has been this. I haven't really gotten into the politics of it. I understand exactly why they decided to boycott yesterday. No issue with that at all. My point about playing is this. I really felt that if they stopped playing, they would then lose a valuable forum to express themselves because they're going to be in the media by playing every single day, which allows them to talk as players about anything they want to talk about, regardless of what you and I ask them. And I felt that was an important part of them moving forward, that they still would have the forum at their disposal in the media to use to their advantage. I, I certainly agree with you on that. And Draymond Green actually had made a comment on a, an Instagram post that he later shared to Twitter and kind of expanded on a bit more that these players, their talents, their their otherworldly ability have afforded them that forum, like you mentioned. It's given them this opportunity, this platform, uh, you know, like I had referenced earlier, to when these situations arise and something that deeply affects them, they have uh, the platform and the ability to speak for voices that cannot be heard on a normal basis or aren't heard rather, you know, day in and day out. And we've seen, you know, a great deal of that so far in this bubble, whether it were the eight seeding games or these playoff games that have taken place, uh, you know, since the postseason has been underway. There have been players that have used all of their media availability to talk about any number of issues, most of them pertaining to police brutality and, and those that are affected by it. And I think that that is a, a great tool for them because nobody's going to be like, well, why didn't you answer the question about the game that you just lost? Because quite frankly, in that moment, that doesn't really matter. What they want to talk about is enacting this social change and bringing uh, you know, people's attention to what's happening around them and affecting their communities directly. So by having that, and this is going to run through most of the, you know, the next month or so, uh, it gives them an opportunity, like you said, to talk about it every single day and, and to not have this be a fleeting moment that we pay attention to while it's hot in the news cycle for a couple days. But to bring, I mean, if for the rest of the, the postseason, let's you know, play it through real quick. LeBron James and the Lakers make it all the way through the Western Conference. They go to the finals. Uh, they win the NBA championship. If after every single one of those games, win or loss, LeBron James talks about this situation or another one that's related to it, uh, we're not just going to forget about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be there in our face every single day. And I think that's an important thing for these players to have and to utilize. Joe LMB, Ben Simmons, Harris, uh, you know, people know Al Horford. But in reality, even in the own, in, in the Philadelphia community, how well-known is the rest of the roster? Because, well, because they're not real, they're yeah. not involved in this. But here's my point: if you're not really well known, even in your own city, uh, how, how are you influencing the masses if you don't have the media there to then accentuate your message? Right, and that's that's what you know. An issue like LeBron James, or you know, if the Sixers were obviously still in the bubble, Ben Simmons, who has been very active, especially yes. back in his home country of Australia, bringing awareness to this. Uh, those guys that are household names across the country, regardless of if they're playing or not, uh, aren't really going to have an issue doing so. But if somebody like, you know, a Malcolm Brogdon or a Sterling Brown, both players on uh, the the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Sterling Brown, who's actually 
in a current lawsuit with uh, with uh, police in Wisconsin for you know police brutality situation, uh, those players who aren't household names have the opportunity now being inside this bubble with a microphone in front yes. of their face every day that's my point. to be able to talk about that. Yeah, and that's a, and exactly like if they were to just go home. I'm not necessarily saying that they won't be able to get their message out because, of course, they have a bigger platform than you and I or Joe Schmo on the sidelines. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, but it would be more difficult for them to really pierce through just the NBA news cycle. Like, right now, yeah. they have all eyes on them, not just in the sporting world, but the rest of the world is paying attention, too. Right. Exactly. Good point, Dennis. Very good. Um, we're two now for the Sixers. And you have to find a coach. Uh, it's interesting. They lost to the Celtics, and the Celtics drafted Jalen Brown third overall. They drafted Tatum third overall, but they added in Gordon Hayward, who didn't obviously got hurt in the series, and they added in Kemba Walker. The Sixers have Embiid and Simmons. Why haven't they been able to add in the other parts and then accentuate it and make them go further? Well, the issue I think that what comes down to it with the Sixers is they did try to add pieces. They tried to add the Al Horford, oh, the, the Josh Richardson. They they did, but they went so in a philosophy, and I think more to, to your point in the question is about accentuating Embiid and Simmons and maximizing their talents. They kind of ignored the fact that you need premier floor spacing and elite three-point shooters around two players who, let's face it, for all the good that they do, uh, they're not, you know, they're not shoot. Simmons won't shoot at all, and Embiid right. is really not that good uh, right. of a long-range shooter, and quite frankly, you don't really want him doing that. So you needed to build around those two with players, and I, I, I look to a team like the Miami Heat, who are built around two players in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who Bam does not shoot in his own right, much like Simmons. And Jimmy Butler, while he will take jump shots, he's one of the least effective jump shooters across the entire NBA. But if you take a scope of the rest of their roster, it's filled with players who can create their own shot or shoot at an elite clip. And that's something right. the Sixers, you know, in their philosophy and trying to build out the roster, and I think Elton Brand deserves a lot of blame for this, uh, they didn't do in an effective way. And it's kind of put them in the situation that they are now, uh, which is obviously, you know, a tough road ahead to try to re-correct that roster. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, now, look at the Phillies. Uh, they went from an analytics-based manager to then a pro's pro in Joe Girardi. Can that be part of the Sixers' solution as they look for a new coach, or do they just need fresh blood all the way through? I, I think they're getting caught up in the basketball mind, analytic mind, the way that we kind of look at the game. Uh, can get you know a team kind of tangled up in the way that they try to build. There are good in both aspects, just like there you know there is in baseball. There's good, you know, being able to feel the game out for what it is, and then there's there's good in looking at the numbers and seeing what the data tells you. I think for the the Sixers, it's obviously going to be you know finding a way to balance that shift back uh, and not you know be so analytically driven, getting more. You know, basketball minds in there, like Elton Brand mentioned, as opposed to just guys that are going to crunch the numbers. But I think when it comes to choosing a head coach, uh, their biggest issue at hand is finding somebody who can accurately and effectively manage the personalities. Uh, we, we know they have the talent, and yes, there are going to be pieces that need to change on the court around Embiid and Simmons to make them the best versions of themselves. But you need a coach who's going to come in there and knows how to manage their personalities, 
day in and day out uh, and really kind of hold them accountable for being the star players that they are, that they think that they are in their own minds, and then bringing them to that next level. So top of mind for the Sixers right now is bringing in a coach who at the end of the day can hold Simmons and Embiid accountable and maximize their talents on and off the floor you know, as leaders. Where are the Sixers financially if they want to change their roster by adding in a key player? Do they have the means to do it based on the cap? Uh, as of right now, no. They are the most cap-strapped uh, team with the highest payroll going into next season. Uh, if they want to make significant change, it's going to be in the effect of moving one of those four guys out. We obviously know that Simmons and Embiid are off the table. They're not going to be traded next season. Uh, past next season, if, the, if these are the similar results and happens all over again, maybe you revisit that. But as of right now, those are your two pillars. They're not being moved. Horford and Tobias Harris, we know that they have inflated contracts. Uh, we know that that's kind of what keeping is what keeping the Sixers, you know, strapped in their core right now of those four players. If you can find a way to move one of those two, I think you explore all those possibilities, especially if it's in the means of bringing back somebody who maybe spaces the floor better, uh, who allows, you know, more three-point shooting around Embiid and Simmons. Uh, you have to look at all of those possibilities. But in the same respect, I mean, there might be the way that Elton Brand talked about it, and granted, it's a lot of GM speak, and, you know, they're not going to be as forward with the media or the fans as people would like. He did say he believes Al Horford can fit in on this team. So maybe when he's going through this process of hiring a coach, the biggest thing to him is, I have these pieces in place. I think they can work, make it happen. And then it's on the coach's job to kind of figure out how to do that. Uh, but I think if you can find a taker for Harris or Horford uh, and, and try to you know, open up the court a little bit more, you have to listen to all of those possibilities right now because, quite frankly, it just didn't work out in the most disastrous way this past season. Which then brings me to Ben Simmons. Is he a point forward moving forward and Shake Milton's in the lineup, or is there another, you know, where does Shake Milton fit into this one? Where does Ben Simmons fit? Yeah, I think, I think what we get caught up in a lot of the times is that point forward, power forward, point guard uh, dynamic. Like we're in, a, we're in an era of basketball right now where a lot of teams p- play positionless anyway, and it's just about finding your five best players that best accent each other and putting them out there on the court. I mean, look at it, you know, P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington log center minutes for, for the Houston Rockets. We right. both know they're not right. centers. Uh, it's about finding the guys that can execute your plan the best way. So if that's having Ben Simmons play off the ball a bit more uh, and having Shake Milton or anybody else who can space the floor around them, uh, then maybe you do that. But this is all – that situation was made by Brett Brown in a last-ditch effort uh, you know, to kind of save his team, save his job, whatever it is you want to you know, throw it up to. The new coach might come in and they might say, listen, Ben Simmons is perfect at point guard. We just need to change the pieces around him so that when he brings the ball up, he's not stuck passing to guys that can't shoot a three-pointer, uh, you know, effectively or at an efficient rate. And that's going to be up to that coach to kind of figure out, find its way, and, uh, you know, move forward in whatever decision he decides to make. Yeah, I think uh, I think what Brett Brown was trying to do is he looked at his five best players and said, these are my five best players. And I think that's what he was attempting to do. Uh, right. Dennis, no, I agree. Always, always a pleasure. Thoughtful, uh, intelligent commentary as always. Thank you. No, thank you so much for having me on. Have a great day. Dennis Chambers joining us from 
The NBA reporter, CBS Sports, always does great work. All right, let's uh, take a break. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you. This brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Will Hobson, Washington Post, next half hour on the Washington video scandal dealing with owner Dan Snyder. Uh, we'll talk to Will Hobson about that. It, uh, I think you'll find the interview to be uh, intriguing because we're going to get into a number of topics and the sourcing for it.